1: You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us. So we thank you. With you today is yours truly B Cox and big shout out to all the fans out there. Once again, for continuing to show the show, some love continuing to spread the word as well. We cannot continue to do the things that we do on this show without your support and love. Thank you all to all the listeners out there stateside and worldwide for your support, for continuing to spread the word for hitting us up on social media and showing us some love. It definitely makes a difference. We thank you all for rocking with us week in and week out. The numbers definitely tell the difference that you all are out there spreading the word amongst your friends, your family, your colleagues. So thank you for showing us some love out there. But we don't want you all to stop. We want to make sure that you're continuing to spread the word. So keep spreading the word out there and let folks know about what we got going on over here at the vault. We got lots of great stuff coming up in store. As always, you can check out our website, vaultclassicpod.com, vaultclassicpod.com. You can go ahead and check out the website, check out our back catalog and leave us a comment, leave us a voice note. You can also go there to check out our Buy Me a Coffee page where you can support the show monetarily and show us that you appreciate us by giving us a donation so that we can continue to do what we do for a long time. Again, that's VaultClassicPod.com. All the socials are on there as well. We appreciate y'all for checking us out, and you can reach us always by going there. So today, we're going to do something a little special, and I'm so glad to be joined by two of my favorite people and content creators on the web. When I wanted to do this album today, I wanted to make sure that I reached out to them. They're two dope people. They do great content on old school music, specifically in the R&B genre, so I wanted to reach out to them to have them onto the show. They've had me on their platform, and therefore I wanted to make sure that I returned the favor. So here they are, coming to do an album review with me on one of my favorite albums from the '90s, none other than the R&B representatives, naturally Elise and Jr. My brother and my sister. They came on the show to do an album review for me, and of course, whenever you're with those two, it's nothing but surprises and fun. And boy, did they have a surprise lined up for me later on in this. So go ahead and listen through to the review that we had talking about this album. And then also listen up for the surprise that was involved with me. And I got to give it to them for lining this surprise up. It was definitely something that I appreciated. And I'm sure all of you will appreciate it being fans of 90s R&B. So here it is. And joining us here with the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast, we have two very special guests. And when I mean special, I mean very, very special. And when I wanted to talk about this album that we're talking about right now, I wanted to make sure that I brought in the heavy hitters. And, you know, if we're bringing in guests, we want to make sure we bring in the heavy hitters, the best of the best, the cream of the crop. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce the audience to none other than naturally Elise and my brother Jr. From the R&B Representers. Make sure you catch them on social media and catch them also online at rmbraps.com. That's rmbraps.com. But I'm telling y'all, they have a crazy platform and show talking everything about the world of R&B. Y'all, it's crazy. I mean, the amount of interviews and songs and albums they've covered with a lot of different tastemakers and artists and producers themselves. Y'all gotta make sure y'all go check that out. And I wanted to make sure I had them on. We actually did something about Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite that y'all make sure y'all wanna check out. So make sure you tapped in to see your boy and the two of them put it down on a very classic and timeless album. So make sure y'all are in there for that. So, Elise and JR, welcome to the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. This is
2: very exciting. Because we go on a lot of podcast but we very rarely get to go together
3: mm, they, they, okay. have,
2: they put one of us into it so this is going to be um fun to be together.
3: yeah you got both of us at the same time oh boy
2: <laughs>
1: praise him as they say <laughs> hey listen i appreciate both of y'all man i love what y'all do as we said We did something with Maxwell's Urban Hanks Week and we talked over probably almost about two hours about that. And when I'm telling you the conversation was dope, it was really, really dope. And so when we talked about doing a repeat trip or a return trip over here, I wanted to make sure that I got y'all perspective on this album we're going to talk about today. So as y'all know on The Vault, we talk about. These classic albums and potentially classic albums, albums that have made a mark throughout history. We go back 20, 25 and 30 years. And as you know, this year we are going back 30 years, makes it 1992. So it's only right that I had y'all on to talk about this album coming up right now. And it's an album that when we talk about really is ta- a lot about R&B is talking about drawing bridge from generation to generation and era to era. Well, this, I think, was the part of a very important bridge from one era to the next. And as we're talking, and hopefully we'll have a very special guest joining us here soon. I'm going to keep that keep that in the pocket. We'll see what happens. But hopefully we have a special guest for those. A little treat for y'all out there, y'all R&B fans. And um, it'll be, of course, courtesy of my brother and sister here. So we're going to make sure y'all stay tuned for that. But we're going to go back to 1992. And we're going to go back to October 27th, 1992. And to the debut studio album of none other than R&B trio SWV, known as Sister With Voices. And It's About Time, released on RCA Records on October 27th, 1992. Studios they recorded at, it's a bunch of them. Now, y'all know if y'all watch this show and listen to it, I usually name the studios where albums are recorded at. I'm not doing yeah. this right now. I'd be here probably until next week, naming all the studios and who engineered it and everything. No. So just know it was recorded at a lot of studios all across the country from New York to California. I will name at least one that it was recorded at unique recording studios and also at quad recording studios. So I'm just going to give you those two after that. We're not going to, we're not going to talk about it, The rest of them, <laughs> a runtime, a runtime of 60 minutes and nine seconds on RCA. The producers on here, well, one in particular that you know very well, Brian Alexander Morgan, who did a, a lion's share of a lot of the work on here. So many of the tracks on here, you know, we'll go over that in just a second. Donald D. Bowden, Safreem King, Michael Brown, and Jannard Parker. The singles on it's about time. Y'all ready? Here they go. The first single released in August 1992, right here. The second one, I'm so into you, January 1993. The Third, which everybody knows and everybody loves, Week, released April of 1993. Downtown, hmm, Released May 24th, <laughs> 1993. Right here as The Human Nature Remix, which is the one that I think everybody also knows and loves, released July 1993. You're Always On My Mind, released September 1993, and Anything, released in 1994, and if you're keeping track, I just named seven. Yes. Count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven singles from one album. And we're not even talking about the last single, which spawned a couple of different remixes. One with SWV over a different beat. And then SWV joined by none other than the Wu Tang clan for the above the rim soundtrack. Mm -hmm. So, what we're talking about here y'all is an album that is epic and an album that we're talking about singles released in three different years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So look, all right, man, th- this is where we are. SWV. It's about time. At least Jr. This is what we're here for. And <laughs> when we talk about SWV to me, I talked about bridges from one era to the next and I've read some places that, you know, there was definitely a bridge when you got from the mid 80s into the late 80s where you had these singers. You know, you had like these old these singers that were more of like in the fashion of what I guess R&B and soul singers were becoming. The Whitney's, Anita Baker's. Then you would see like these Karen White's, these Jody Watley's, these newer style singers like like Michelle And then you're getting into the early 90s where you have En Vogue, who was sort of drawing that bridge between what the classic sound of what soul and R&B used to be at, and then morphing it more into what R&B was becoming. And then you jump into early 91, 92, where R&B not only starts to sound different, but then the women who were singing it look different as well. So we were morphing into a different era and a different time. So I want to sort of get into this, and we always start off, of course, is getting our first reactions and reflections, and that's where I want to start with y'all. So let's go ahead and get into it.
0: First Thoughts and Reflections.
1: So yeah. we say ladies first. So I'm going to start with you, Elise. It's about time. SWV, this came out 1992. Give us your first reactions to it when you heard it. Where were you? How old were you? And what were your feelings about it when it came out?
2: Okay. So I was 13 years old mm. when this song came out. So I was in the eighth grade. Yes, eighth grade and my first reaction there i go laugh was like hearing um right here and like being like who are these girls <laughs> <laughs> you love what I said. And, like, <laughs> and it it was such a big deal cuz for one the style you know that was a, a big part of it so let me tell you, SWV was all the rage of the eighth grade, okay? Like, all mm-hmm. the girls wanted to be them. They, it was, like, two particular songs that just could not escape that um, we sang it at every, you know, saying the songs at talent shows, walking down the hall. Like, it was a thing. It was, like, a, it was a really big deal. Like, and mm-hmm. SWV was, was everything I remember. You know, then I remember loving the high energy of the album but also really loving you know the the, the ballad elements as well um but i just remember it just it just was fun they looked it was a fresh different look on a girl group um you know it wasn't all glamour 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 but they still was fly mm. and it was cute and it was pretty mm-hmm. um you know and they in the video like you know the right here video like they haven't like they like they just laughing they partying with their friends they just outside like it is like a moment and mm-hmm. so um, it was a big impact on me and I, I love them from jump
1: very cool yeah that, that was a time where <laughs> these R&B girl groups were coming out and at that age group that you were at at least I can tell you because having been either in and around girls of that age group during that time I know how popular they were with the girls and the songs they like to sing and talent shows. or even just when people had the radio on on the bus singing, uh-uh. you know, cause it's their songs are fun to sing along with, you know, <laughs> Let's, you know, it, it, that's one of the things I remember the most, but my brother, JR same mm-hmm. with you, man, where were you? How old were you when it counted to react to it? Just give us the rundown.
3: <sighs> well, I was six actually when this album came out,
4: Mm -hmm.
3: yeah I was the baby man but um, my mom went to South Carolina State University and I moved from 91 from New York down to South Carolina so it was a culture shock for me Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so when I saw right here on video Soul, I was like yo them girls remind me of home you know what I mean they look like the girls that I knew from home so it was like oh okay like and then, like y'all said, they was having a good time in the video. You know what I'm saying? Just, it felt like home to me. So, um, I know that, you know, my mom used to always have parties at the house. So, everybody used to bring their music to the house and and all that. So, I remember uh, somebody bringing the right here cassette at first. Mm. And it was just like, okay, yeah, I like it. Because, again, I was, you know, Mary was out. So mm-hmm. me and my mom was still there. We was there with her, with them, mm-hmm. with Mary, you know? So then um, my mom brought home I'm So Into You.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And she brought home the single, the cassette single. And from that moment, I fell in love with those girls. As you can see, I got the cover on me. I, see
4: like, it. <laughs> I
3: had this... Cassette cover taped on my wall because it was like they gave me New York, they gave me everything. Yes. And I was like, yo, I love these girls. Like, and finally, again, my mother had another party and somebody brought in it's about time. Mm. And I felt like when I listened to it, it was like mine because my mom still was so into what's the 411. She Mm. really didn't pay a lot of attention to It's About Time, so Mm. it was mine. So anytime she wasn't playing the radio or, you know, her her music, I was playing It's About Time. And she would be like, oh, you love this album, huh? So let me pay attention to this, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm I'm playing it. But then on campus, like y'all said, I'm walking around on campus with her, all the girls are singing Weak. All the girls are singing, I'm so into you. <laughs> all the girls are singing, you know what I'm saying? they yeah, singing, you're always on same. my mind. Yeah. It's like, and everybody was dressing like them, and especially girls from New York, they understood it. You know what I'm saying? So they had the doobie earrings. They had, you know what I'm saying? The hat to the back and all that, like dressing like them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but the first reaction was like, I love this album. I mm-hmm. was like, they, they're it for me. And I told my mom from that that point, these girls are my favorite girl group of all time from that one wow. album for me. And wow. yeah, me and her go back and forth on it because she said, You're not gonna play in vogue like this, mm. but <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna play in vogue like this. <laughs> but I said, Look, I get it, in vogue is great. Mm-hmm. I, I like, don't get me wrong, born to the sing, they started it all. Yeah, but it's something about these New York girls that is just yeah, they, they caught me. And from that first thing, I was like, Yeah, they're it for me.
4: Yeah.
1: The New York style, I think, is another thing that endeared them to them. Like you had TLC, which came out early in the year with Uland on the TLC tip. That Mm -hmm. really kind of started like the what's the word I'm looking for? The homegirl look, really, you know, where you saw these R&B singers and they weren't in dresses and they Mm -hmm. they weren't, you know, looking elegant. And they weren't like, you know, trying to like seductresses. They were like girls around the way. And that really was the look that I think gave TLC, okay, yeah, these girls, look at them. They was having fun in their videos. It looked like they were enjoyed being around each other and enjoyed their company. Mm-hmm. SWV mm-hmm. definitely had that B girl, home girl swagger to them in their fashion. And to your to your word at least, they were definitely still fly, still pretty, very attractive and gorgeous, but they still seem like they were down. Like, yo, these are the girls you see that is chilling with the homies at the basketball court or the one you see at the park or the ones that you mm-hmm. catch, JR, coming out of the bodega. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yes. that's the type of feeling that you sort of get from them. Uh, to speak to the what you said about with Mary, I feel like the reason why the singles, at least the first couple of ones, didn't catch on so quickly is because I, I can't help to think that Mary had just a little something to do with that. The fact that she was still hot as fish grease. Because we talking about You Remind Me coming out that summer. By the yeah. time Real Love dropped right around Labor Day, it was like, oh yeah, game, set, and match. You know? Yeah. And then the other yeah. single sort of dropped. So, if it seemed like it took almost six months or so for people to sort of catch on to SWV and to be like, oh, okay. This is what we got. You know?
2: But another thing is a lot of a lot of why SWV caught on is because Mary came out with that look
4: mm, and it was so viable. Yes. So
2: that had a lot to do with people. It might have took away, but it also brought people to SWV yes. because of the correlation of the looks and the sound.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they would have that when they would always compare them to. If y'all look back in the mm. interviews back then, it was mm. always what do y'all feel about Mary? Mm -hmm. And what do Mary feel about Mm SWV? And after a while, you could tell it started to annoy them because it was like, our sound ain't the same. We Mm -hmm. might dress the same and we might got the same type of swag, but we're not the same. And after a while, it was kind of like, Mary even threw a dagger. Like, you could put you know, hat to the back with all these girl groups and do whatever, but I'm me. Mm-hmm. And finally, Lily in the interview, was like, look, she's Mary J. Blige, and we're SWV. We got our own stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, stop asking it. But like y'all said, Mary was so dominant. Yeah, It was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? It still brought you to the girls, because it was like, oh, okay, well, if Mary can do it, these other girls can do it as well. We need to find some other ones because we're tired of looking at these ballroom dresses girls. Yeah. We can't. We can't. Yeah, nah. we can't relate to them.
1: <laughs> yeah. nah. Mm-hmm. Nah. It's sort of like, you know, with Jodeci, right? When they first came in and started it, like the R&B get groups and guys, like, you know, you know, even, even new addition, you know, they were sort of dressing a little bit different, you know, like you would see, there aren't be guys with suits on Luther had on, you know, suit a blazer with the, you know, like looking like they were going out to the, as we like to see in DC, they were going out to the Chateau, which is a place where old people go to hand dance in DC, <laughs> by the way. down here
4: <laughs> yeah. they go to the
5: right. <laughs> so,
1: But, but then as you get into the early nineties, man, and as, as I guess as new Jack swing starts to like lean in and then when Jodeci came in and changes the game with the way that they looked, You Mm -hmm. see that like the R&B guys start to adopt this fashion where it's a little bit more edgy. It's a little bit more hip hop. And for Mm -hmm. folks like us that were coming up, it's like, okay, those are the guys I can relate to. These guys, uh, that's for like my parents, you know, and for my aunties and uncles and them, you know, nah, this right here, this is us. So yeah, I mean, my my reaction to SWV. So as I told y'all on the Maxwell review, I grew up in a house with three older sisters and in particular, my two younger sisters, they listened to music on the radio and bought music all the time. And I, like I said, by proxy, I ended up liking a lot of R&B music as a result of that. Mm-hmm. SWV was one of those groups. Um, really the big one that caught us at first was uh, I'm so into you. But then the one that really caught everybody's attention was wheat And because it was so big on the radio and it became such a big hit, that's what everybody latched onto. For me, it was watching the videos, but then vocally, it was something that I was just like, man, this is, this is something. And it wasn't just Coco, which I'll get to Coco in a minute. Um, together, their voices sounded like it was on a, a different, little bit of a different level than some R&B groups that you heard out there, male or female. At that time, except for the top upper echelon vocal groups out there. Vocally, they sound together. It was just like this sounds like damn near elite. Even at the young age, me being 10 years old during that time, but having listened at that point to so much music, knowing vocally what you have and what you don't have, and be like, this sounds a little bit different. As far as when it came to their music, what hooked me in obviously was Coco. And as I like to say, the first three female vocalist voices that I fell in love with. The first one was Whitney Houston. The second one was Anita Baker. And then the third was Coco. Wow. You know, and that's saying something. Cause there's a lot of people out there. I done skipped over some names. Now I didn't say mm-hmm. that the other ones weren't good. These are the ones are the voices that I fell in love with. Right. When Coco was saying, it did something for me.
4: Mm-hmm. When
1: Coco was saying I felt something in my soul that I didn't feel when I heard other people sing, <laughs> and people who are out there of my age and in my generation, y'all know what that is. I mean, she has that gift, that voice, yeah. her voice was the engine, which helped make SWV go. And this is not really to lessen anything of what Taj or Lili did because it was definitely a group effort, but mm-hmm. she was the one singing the lead. She was the one out there who, if we were singing the verses, that was Coco's voice. That's the one that got us all wrapped in, that got us to those hooks that had everybody singing alone. So mm-hmm. as we get into It's About Time and the album comes out, I'm noticing these singles are dropping and they continue to drop and continue to drop. So when I'm in this, when I get this album and this album comes out, I'm in the fifth grade. By the time the last singles are dropping, I'm in the sixth grade getting ready to go to middle school. So this album had a huge effect on the charts. They had a huge effect on the charts and their versatility, being able to do up tempo and dance tracks, being able to do grooves and jams, and then also being able to settle in and do ballads. I mean, and I'm talking about not just regular old ballads. I'm talking about when you settled into what 90s ballads were, it was almost like, yeah, this is the standard right here. Like you could listen to what followed afterwards when you talk about groups like Escape and and also then seeing what TLC did on Crazy Sexy Cool. It was like, okay, SWV when it came to singing these ballads, it's like they're sorta of taking a page out of what En Vogue sorta of did, and then also taking and seeing what some of their earlier predecessors and contemporaries did early in the 90s and then took that. And then, of course, obviously props to all the producers on here. You know, Brian Alexander Morgan, of course, but the other producers on there as well to create that sound that just sort of gave you like, man, these girls, they got something. And the videos were fun. The videos um, gave you uh, sort of like, you know, the right here with the Human Nature remix, they were on the island and riding horses. You know, it's like gives you that like bit this is great. Whatever they're doing, I want to do this too. You know? So that led me into being a fan and led me to wanting to know and hear more from them. So when they took a couple of years off and then eventually they came back out with a new beginning, it was like, cool. I'm glad to see them back because I miss being able to hear that, to hear mm-hmm. that, like those, those voices, like the title of the group is definitely apt sisters Swiss voices together harmonically with their voices do, which is something magical. And you hear that, even on a song like Downtown. Like, come on now, on that hook, are you? <laughs> crazy. <laughs> you know,
4: oh, Lord.
1: Crazy. So that's what it was for me. It definitely made me a fan. Yeah. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. And, um, you know, I know that y'all, y'all talked to, uh, to Brian and y'all had a, a, one of your episodes. Y'all talked about songs in the key of life with him. And, you know, y'all talked and everything. And so, like, just wanted to know, just like, you know, hey, man, the creative process is something that I always wonder about. And so, uh, you know, I saw the Unsung, you know, the Unsung uh, episode, you know, that gave you a lot of, like, tidbits and cookies as far as stuff that was going on. We know there was drama and stuff behind the scenes and everything else. But the great thing about it is that, you know, you never really know until somebody tells you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that Mm -hmm. was the great thing about it, man. It was Over a great here. thing about it. But I mean, in in regards to before we get into any highlights. And so we'll talk about highlights as well. Cause you know, there, there's tons of them on here. Uh, what one thing I sort of want to ask y'all before we get into highlights is was it what's the word I'm trying to look for. I kind of feel like the bridge from let's say Whitney, Anita, Jody Wiley, Karen, we- Karen White from En Vogue into this new age of R&B sort of went right to them, that they were sort of the bridge that led into this new era of R&B. I felt like mm-hmm. they, they specifically them. Yep. I mean, we could talk about TLC and everything, but I think SWV was that bridge yeah. from, from, from what it was from it being, you know, classic to new Jack swing, to leaving out a new Jack swing, going into like carrying into what Mary sort of helped to create with hip hop soul but then mm-hmm. sort of creating a nice little blend of it together like they were really the bridge starting like hey we're moving out of this era we're going into this one and I think they were the ones who up to carry that I mean what did y'all what did y'all think about that in regards to them being the
3: bridge I agree I agree with that because you know when when If you see the way that Brian mixes, I'm so into you. Mm. It's like a rap record, Mm. especially the part when it's you're not, you're Mm. not, you're not mine. Like Mm. that part right (laughs) there Mm -hmm. is the bridge. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's when you can kind of see everything change because Mm -hmm. the way they did with Mary, it was like Mary was just on a sample and they just, you know, cut it up the way they did, but mm-hmm. you focus more on just like with real love, you focus on what they did with top billing. And that was it. Mm-hmm. That's what your focus was. Right. And Mary street. And that's it. Mm-hmm. The way Brian chopped up. I'm so into you was completely different on what was going on. And he was kind of created that bridge to say, Oh, this is, like hip hop is really here to stay mm-hmm. to me Yeah, that right there, that part right there, when Brian did that was like hip hop is here to stay and it's filtered into R for real. And mm-hmm. it made a lot of producers like Jimmy jam, who was our friend and uh, Jimmy jam. He, uh, <laughs> he said, he listened to it's about time the way Brian did the production on that mm-hmm. and was like, he got all his people together was like, listen, mm-hmm. we got to do something different. We can't do what we were doing <laughs> with Rhythm Nation anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's why when you hear that's the way love goes.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's
3: just a respect to Brian. Yeah. Because yeah. You, if you listen to that, you can tell that is a Brian influence in that record. Yeah. And you know what it, I mean? Not... Because if Brian would have never did I'm so into you, we probably wouldn't have never gotten that's the way love goes from Janet. Ooh, we probably yeah. would have never got it like that. Damn.
1: I just you know what when you just said that just now I'm like you know what that boy right you you are absolutely right <laughs> I'm sitting there listening to the two records and I go from one like if like from my DJ perspective and going like from one to the next and it's like ooh wow okay and I
2: think, yeah and I think there was such a seamless bridge because yeah you had you had your group you had to involve but they didn't have an edge Mm-hmm. You had a TLC, but you didn't have the vocals, Mm-mm. so it was like SWV came and they did both. So people who are used to old, the you know the late eighty, you know uh, singers, you still got those vocals, mm-hmm. but you got it in this youthful, energetic street. Yeah you know street street or street adjacent girl
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know mm-hmm. imaging wise you know um yeah so that's why they were able to pull two crowds because those SWV songs my mom knows those songs
4: mm-hmm.
2: right you know and i know those songs and kids now know those songs
4: yeah
1: right yeah right and and you, you see reimagine like the songs that are being redone from SWV mm-hmm. in particular seeing Chris Brown doing, you know, she's not you and taking from that human nature remix, which, right. you know, borrows both from, both from Michael's song. And then also what was done on the remix and the programming from that. And um, in particular, seeing what was done with rain, we seeing Tyrese and Chingy were pulling me back. And yeah. it's like, you know, like,
3: Ryan said, keep the checks coming. Yeah, keep Life it, it coming.
1: Keep it coming. Yeah. Yeah. That's a man. Yeah. And, and so the being as though they built that and then when you go into like I feel like like when you get into 93 and to 94 as more acts started to come out like you're seeing those escapes those John A's and then eventually you see groups like you know you see arts artists like Brandy and Aaliyah and Monica and then by the time we got to 94 it's like that bridge has fully been crossed and this is what R&B is now and um, then to see them on the other side of that um, with their second album was definitely something interesting to see as well but now it's on the highlights. Y'all know what we do.
0: Highlights and
3: lowlights.
1: All right. So we started with at least last time, Jr. So we'll start with you with your highlights and lowlights. Uh, what are they?
3: Uh, are we starting with the lowlights first? Because maybe I should get that out the way.
1: However you want to start. However you want to okay. do it.
3: I'm going to start with the low.
1: Uh-oh. Uh. Elise is laughing. What's going on, Elise? You know <laughs> something you I don't know, do here. I'm
3: going to start it off and people probably going to act like I'm bugged out. But Brian knows mm-hmm. this, too. I am not the biggest fan of Week oh, at man. all. Never been as a kid.
0: Never <laughs> liked
3: it. Never. I understand it. I get the impact of it. <laughs> I get everybody loving it. I love it when they do it live because mm-hmm. they bring something different to it when they do it live. Mm-hmm. But I was never a fan of Week. It was like, every, mind you, when I'm so into you came out because you said six months in. That's when. I'm so into you, single came out before yeah. then. The girls were singing week then,
4: yeah, you
3: know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. it was like you walk the campus and it's like, I'm like, oh my god, give me a break, like, come on, you know, like, whatever it is that
2: you do doing, you do. yes, <laughs> like, yes, it's just like, come on, y'all! like,
3: oh, just, I'll be like, look, and I've already told Brian, I remember when they asked me my top. He asked me my top five, you know, SWB records.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And,
3: re- and 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 week wasn't in it. He was like, what, you don't like week? I said, no.
4: Mm.
3: And I'm telling <laughs> this to the the writer and the producer of yeah, the record. Of the record. I was like, Brian, I just can't. <laughs> and he when
2: I told him, he got it. He was like, okay, I get you. I got you. Yeah. But, but that's why Brian fooled with us, because we we're very honest, even if it's, you know, and we'll mm-hmm. tell the why. Yeah. Like, we we're not gonna be like,
4: Hate
2: it, mm-hmm. you know. We don't do that. We like <laughs> yeah. you just to just do that.
3: Yeah, but right. Gotta, like... mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, week. Um, another one of the songs that I that I can really I don't have to hear it anymore, honestly, is Black Pudding.
4: Mm-hmm. That okay.
3: song is the most corniest 90s song <laughs> in the world and I love my baby Todd. she know I love her but what her and that dude was doing on there it was so like for real and I'm like y'all really got Todd's like she's spitting the hard body on this and I'm like I was like come on come on <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, I just was like, come on, man. So anytime the record would play, I just got to skip it. And mm. then one time I found myself mouthing the words. I said, oh, this is bad. Oh, this is bad. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there mouthing the words, and I'm like, nah. Even at six, I was like, this is corny. Even <laughs> though they on some other stuff, you mm. know what I'm saying? It was it was a very yeah. serious record mm-hmm. back then. That joint is freaking Crayons, that compared to what we hear now, <laughs> but that was, but, that was very I'm aggressive. Like, Ooh, wow. I'm sorry, but it's true. Ooh. So then, with that, I was just like, "Yeah, that can go." Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, as far as the album, good. But my girls did not have good videos either. Mm-hmm. I love them. I love them, but them. Why were they in a boxing ring for a week, y'all? Yeah, Explain that that, that I'm still trying to why figure out. Why were they in? I'm so into you. Why? Yeah. <laughs> why? Yes. Why? <laughs> what sense was that? I, I just like the only videos of that that even made sense to me in that era with them was right here because it was fun.
4: Yeah,
3: that yeah. was fun. It was a fun video. You're getting to know them. You see in the street, mm-hmm. whatever. Not but, human nature, though. You know, not That's human nature. I'm not a fan of that video either or song. Mm. But at the end, of the- oh wow! <laughs> I'm just- Yo, I'm
1: you now, are full of surprises, he was- sir.
3: <laughs> he gave me that though, <laughs> and did. Then- yeah like but the girls didn't like it either at first they Mm -hmm. thought it was gonna kill their career to be honest they was like Mm -hmm. this gonna kill our career y'all ain't gonna be right but thank god for they a and r was like we ain't listening to you this is crossover material yeah you know what i mean and it was like Mm -hmm. it it made perfect sense uh hey even when they do it at concerts i'm sitting there singing along to it Am i the biggest fan of it Mm -hmm. no right but at the end of the day, I'm cool with it. But that video, why are they on horses? Mm-hmm. Why? Why are they on the beach riding horses? They had the worst videos, yo. SWB had the worst videos. I was just like, <laughs> thank God that the songs were greatly written mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I'm like, come on, come on. And the, that videos, was not- won't, and the videos
2: won't just bad on this album. <laughs> thank-
1: all of, all of the videos.
2: They had a legacy of bad videos. That
1: we'll of to bad videos. Beginning. We're yeah. gonna leave
3: that there. That's a, yeah. No, no, ma'am. We're gonna. Leave. We're talking about. It's about time. Don't yeah. do that. I knew she was gonna <laughs> go there. I knew she. Was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna say it's about time. We had five
2: bad videos. Yeah. Leave it there.
1: Yeah, me. <laughs> They weren't the best, you know, conceptually and whatever. Ugh. You know, I get it. I understand. Yeah. I do.
2: And Jay will tell you, I don't. I I do not respect uh, music videos as a medium. I I I think it's one of the worst <laughs> <mediums>
5: ever. Okay. <laughs> it.
2: Yeah. It, it's it's like exceptions of the people that do it on a masterclass high level, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, as maybe two handfuls of mm-hmm. videos. The rest of them.
1: The rest God. of them. you Don't really care too much for them. Mm
3: -mm, mm I get it.
2: I I understood the point of them, but...
3: But But that's my lows of the album, to be honest. That's pretty much it as far as my lows. Okay. You know what I mean? But my highs, come on, the production of Brian Alexander Morgan. like, Mm -hmm. Like, that man became one of... From this album alone, he became one of my favorite producers of all time for mm, this. yeah, Because of what he did with production, and he got the girls right in the pocket. Mm. And like you were saying, B, as far as him, you know, the group was m- built around Coco's voice. Let's just be honest. With a voice yes. like hers, mm-hmm. you gotta build around it. That's just what it is. Yeah, Lily and Taj can sing. They're yeah. proving that on other songs but Coco's voice is something special that you build around. And I love when I was listening to songs like Week and songs like I'm So Into You, you're hearing Taj and Lily. Mm-hmm. You might be focusing on Coco, but you're hearing Taj and Lily in them blends. Like, these girls' blends were amazing. Like you yeah. were saying, like, mm-hmm. it felt like they were really sisters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though they wasn't, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But they felt like they were sisters. Now, my girls can dance now, except Taj. Mm -hmm. But, at the end (laughs) of the day, I'm going, ooh. I'll be like, oh, Lord. But, you know, they blends, and Brian used all of them. That's why I like when he would, like, go on interviews and defend the girls and be like, look, they all can say, when they did, when I did production on them, Mm -hmm. I used every last one of them. It wasn't Coco just being used. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? She's the lead, and I'm dealing with that. But as far as their blends, I'm making sure... You're blended because the the parts that you hear you you want to sing along to you're not you're not mine. It's all you're three of them. Lying. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You're singing the hook
1: to Weave. Yeah. It's
3: all three all of, three of them. them. You know what I mean? So yeah, but the high foot is all that, and uh, one of the best highs for me is I'm so into you because that's how I really got onto the girls and they became my favorite. Yeah. But I know Elise gonna kill me for this. But I love SWV in the house. I love how Coco was spitting on that record.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't care what nobody say. Coco was letting it be known I'm New York and this is just what it is. Mm-hmm. And it is. And you got Lily like in the background. Like they like you said, you got the feeling that they wanted a homegirl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now mm-hmm. is she the best rapper? No. no. But that record always gets me hyped. Like, mm-hmm. I get hyped when I hear SWB in the house. Like, I yeah. will be like, Coco, let them know, yo. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? She was letting them girls know. <laughs> Come on. Every time I'm a with the same old thing. I Come on, man. Coco let them have it, dog. Don't do that. Don't do that cause you already know what I'm about to say I know I know but I had to get, I'm glad B let me get mine in cause I know you about to go off so go ahead no, no. go ahead yeah. no.
2: it, it be like I'm like, like you don't know, like weak but but that's your highlight that's just weird
3: <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, wait. okay now you tried it with that one cause you ain't even the biggest fan of weak either
2: no that is not what I said and I will say it in my highlights um, mm. conversation because <laughs> no See, you, you take one thing of what I say and oh not Oh, my God. <laughs> okay? Oh,
3: fine. but well, whatever. But...
2: What okay. I say is oh, yeah, you, I don't ever have to hear we hear again. again. You but did, that, you was did. Saw, that was the song. That was one of the songs that say. brought me in mm-hmm. that is full of memories of being in the eighth grade.
3: Yeah, you did say that.
2: Singing it ad nauseum. Like, I probably made myself not want to hear it again because... That I would just play, it, play, it, play. It. Never said I don't. No, I think I think it's a great song. But, oh, um... it's well
3: written. That I don't doubt. I think that's just what it is with me. I think it was overplayed, mm-hmm. and it was just like I can't deal with it no more. Like you, this is the time when we was getting all them joints. Like end of the road, I'll make love to you. Yeah. Freaking, you know what I'm saying? Mariah Carey's Hero. Like they was mm-hmm. just playing these ballads, and it was just like, oh. Mm-hmm. And they threw weak up in there, and it was played on white, black country, mm. alternative rock. I was like, come on, y'all. I don't got it. Can we, can we play downtown, please? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but my my highlight of this whole album is I got introduced to the girls that I love to this day. Mm-hmm. I love to this day. It bring, Anytime I hear any song on this album, good or bad, it brings me back to the time where I was introduced to these girls yeah. and they were getting me comfortable in a new surrounding that I wasn't really used to yet. Mm-hmm. And I can listen to It's About Time and feel like I was back at home. And that's what they did for me.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Very nice. Go, Go ahead,
3: on.
2: ma'am. At mm-hmm. least your
1: highlights Thank and lowlights, ma'am. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: it's real funky right now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Thank you, gone. I like it. <laughs> I think I I think I'm not gonna like <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I'm gonna start with the highlights. I'm start
5: starting the positivity. Yes. So
2: highlights for me are anything, the album version. Um You're always on my mind. And Downtown. Mm. Yeah, that's my like but what what does that even mean, Jr.?
3: I don't know. Go ahead.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, we show our work here. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> with downtown, so the thing about downtown is it's it, it's kind of a funny reason. It's because it's the song that kind of made us giggle mm. as eighth and ninth graders. Uh-huh. We're like, Downtown, what to was made? It did the video. It didn't. Bad video and every time they sing the chorus the dude starts swimming towards her and she's sitting on the edge on the edge of the pool with her legs open mm-hmm. <laughs> the
1: imagery was definitely suggestive as they say very yeah, suggestive yeah.
2: and they keep re-looping that same part of dude's swimming. come on
4: now yeah <laughs> but yeah i so why we kind of giggled about it
2: but as far as the song i, I their harmonies on mm. it um are unfuckwittable like it's just very like yeah i I can't i can't even fully like um flesh it out in words but it just it it kind of makes goosebumps a bit it's just like the way and then the transitions in the song Mm. and then the bridge is crazy like that's a really great song like you know, if you don't like what they sing about, it and you replace it with different words, like just the way it's vocally arranged and and the way the bridge comes in, like you can put any words on that, and it's just a dope song. But mm-hmm. I love a little, you know, I love a song with a tongue-in-cheek little, you know, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, kind of in it. Like that's that's yeah. fun, especially to somebody young. Like that's fun. <laughs> yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Um.
2: But I really, I really did uh, well, do love Downtown, and that's a song that I didn't get sick of, so I do still play that song. Mm-hmm. Even have a single of it. But it also has a low life for me, which is right here, in human nature. I just not I don't hate it by any means. But like it's, it's flies but you know, it's a it's a sway kind of song, you know, when they come on. It's swaying. Mm-hmm. Um but I I like the original right here because that's what brought me in. Mm-hmm. I remember, like I said, I hate videos now, but videos is what brought me into a lot of stuff. And I remember seeing the video and like I said before, it wow. was fun. And, uh, and it was just, it was just a happy, it felt happier on that version than the human nature. The human nature changed the mood of the song. Mm. Yeah. And that was my happy, joyful, like, see I in. you know, they just, you know, just, mm-hmm. yeah. It took on a different mood. Um, so that right here is definitely a highlight. But the right here, uh, human nature is a low light.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But I love what
2: it did for them.
3: Right, right.
2: Love. love. Cool. And like JR, if they sing it at a concert, well shit, if I'm at a club or a bar and it comes on, yeah, I'm, uh. I'm going to sing it along because that's a, a bringing people together song because everybody knows that song. Black, white, young, old. Yeah, right. Um, Right. Yeah. You know, so that's, you know, that's a fun, that's more, you know, situational.
4: So. Yeah.
1: So my highlights and lowlights are kind of mirror a little bit of both of yours. Uh, definitely to me, when I talk about when I said that I fell in love with Coco because of her voice week is the song that did it for me. Um, I mean, that and I'm so into you as well. I mean, those are the two songs right there that make me fall in love with Coco's voice. And I was just like, wow, uh, unbelievable week. It's something that I was in a, um, I was in a restaurant in New Orleans about three years ago for my homeboy's birthday. And we were at Neo Soul Cafe. I don't know if y'all heard of that before, but we found out about it. Yes, God. Yes. Yes. So we went to Neo. So you know about Neo's J-R. Yes, I do. So we went there
3: for my birthday like two years, like two years ago. Yes.
1: So we went and we got, you know, good, great food. Lots of people have been there, been featured in Essence before but they're playing old school R&B there so obviously you know we're hearing like you know songs like you know can we talk and you know and stay by Jodycy and and um you're hearing like you know troop um and and so it and then SWV weeks comes on and i lied to you not everybody from all the patrons in the restaurant people that were waiting to be seated the damn man the oysters <laughs> to the left and behind of us. And when I'm telling you we sang the entire song, everybody sang the entire song. It is like you said, at least a a song that sort of brings everybody and their memories together that you can't do anything but sing that song. I can get it. Trust me. When I was like 10, 11 years old and this song was being played to death, not just by my sisters, but by every 10 and 11 year old girl to my elementary school and in my neighborhood playing that song I got sick of it too but then if you don't hear it for a while and then it comes back on again then it's like okay I I get it like I I definitely Mm. get it um Mm. so those two songs you know I'm so into you now as you mentioned at least downtown vocally there there's something special about that song that I think a lot of people don't give that song the credit that it deserves because Mm -hmm. they're doing something there harmonically and tone wise on there. It's just like, you don't hear on the other songs, you know? And because it's such a subdued song for not necessarily to be a ballad. And, you know, in a sense, it's just like, wow, y'all really pulled this off. Like, like, oh my gosh. Like I said, just that hook the things that they were doing, the blends, like, oh, wow okay and yes it's a song that's talking about a certain act that you know suggestively both the video and the lyrics of the song point you towards but still it's a song that I feel doesn't get the credit it deserves um they did uh so I think some of their best singing throughout all of their albums on that track right there very very underrated um I didn't hear either one of y'all mention this but to me this is a song that I think might be right there on my top Two or three of best favorites favorite songs on the album. And that's You're Always On My Mind.
3: Oh, I did, I did say
2: that. I oh yeah, sorry. Mind. Yeah. So yes. Oh yeah, yeah. But oh, you're, yeah, but fav- you yeah. that's my favorite song yes. on the album.
1: That that you're always on my mind. And it ain't close. Yeah. And 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 like, you know, what Coco did on that and then Brian, like, oh, come on. The the compliment, <sighs> like the compliment right there, like, goodness. I mean he did that here's here's chocolate cake and a couple of scoops of ice cream right there you know
3: oh good one you know
1: (laughs) I mean it's that's what it was it was the perfect compliment and Mm -hmm. I mean and, and Brian was doing a little bit of flexing on there too but you know that song when you think about those early 90s ballads like that's what like gets me like into thinking of songs like you know like um I think about that song almost in the same vein, like the way I think about intro and come inside, you know? And just like,
2: okay. You know, like, okay, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Like this. Like, when I tell, like, literally, we tell these young folks, y'all, y'all don't know nothing about this here. It's like, yes. Like, this type of slow jam and love song, like this. This is the type of stuff that we grew up on. Love that track. Absolutely love it. And low lights for me, I mean, I'm not a fan of Black putting it at all. Um at all. Um like I said, Todd tried to do her thing rapping. Um it just to me She did all
3: right on right here. Though.
1: Yeah, 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 no, no she, she did, did did all right. She did. ah,
3: uh, 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 this is his moment. D- don't do that. No. Go
1: ahead it's B. be. It's okay, go man. Ahead. I
2: just chiming in. Yeah. I don't- it, it, it's
1: cool at it's all right it's all good y'all but <laughs> it's cool we're agreeing about something we are um but like the the whole thing like the the rap like listen I, I and i love hip-hop and r&b together but i don't need a rap song in the middle of this r&b record you know a verse hm, okay i'm all right with that but you know no i i need that can cross that off the list um, I,
2: that. I just I don't like singers yeah. rapping on songs with very few exceptions. Mm-hmm. Very few exceptions. like, no, yeah, if yeah. Not a rapper, just do, mm. what you, do
1: what you do. That. Do what you do. I mean, left eye is different because left eye is a rapper. I mean, come on, like, yo, yeah, she's she is there, there, yo, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. No, no I love,
2: she is one of the major exceptions.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I I was not really a big fan of that. Um. I really wasn't a big fan of hmm
4: <laughs> i really
1: i wasn't a huge huge fan of coming home to me i mean I feel like i, oh, I, I oh. <laughs> we, agree.
4: You
2: know. we agree you know totally you know, Do you know that song you know what that song is a straight jack of pun intended, it's a straight new jack of Teddy Riley doing Kissing Game. Mm,
4: yeah. We come yeah. in, it's not like
2: Kissing yeah. Game. It's the, same, yeah. it's the same beat, but not done as well. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's budget. Yeah. It's, it's, True. it's budget. Uh, it's no frills. Yeah. Uh, Kissing Game. Kissing Game. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: right. <laughs>
1: Oh man. So those are really like what I have as far as my highlights and low lights. I mean, the other songs on the album, they're fine. You know, I mean, I don't really, but when, when it points out to things that really hit me, I mean, those songs that hit me, the ones that when I listen to the album even now to this day, when I go back and be like, oh, I can, I can rewind this and play run this joint back real quick because I need to, you know? So, and, and so that to me is, um, you know, highlights and low light wise. I mean, the high, low lights to me are something that doesn't, doesn't kill the album for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I will skip Black Pudding though. I mean, without a doubt, it's just something. If Come Home does come on, I'll let it play in the background. We we'll really, it's like you don't really pay attention to it. You know, it's just like mm. it's like when you're reading a book and television is on and you're just sort of letting the television play, but you're not really paying attention to
2: it. it it's like what I told Jr. The song's not offensive. It's not. It's not yeah. the worst song. It's mm-hmm. not the best song. Yeah. It just kind of is. Yeah, it's just it's just a song in the ether, like. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, <laughs>
2: I try to. Just I'm not wait. like, I don't hear them like, oh, mm-hmm. no,
3: not like that either. So yeah, I just wait for give it to me. That's what I'll be waiting for. I'll be like, all right, coming home, cool. You know what I mean? Cool. That, that, that's one of them, you know, drink refills where you're not paying no (laughs) attention to it and you're going to refill your drink and you're like, okay, (laughs) it's time to refill. Cool. Whatever. It's a cool little, I could dance to the, to the refrigerator. I'm good. But Mm -hmm. yeah, come on, give it to me. Like I want to hear what Jeff Red and, 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 uh, and Kenny, you know, uh, Kenny green did as far as that vocal arranging on that record. That's why Mm -hmm. it's a, even though that's very New Jack too. Give yeah. it to me, it's very New Jack. Yeah. But the way they're vocally produced on that joint, mm-hmm. is dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and uh, the one that I brought up again was, uh, I think you're gonna like it. I love that Brian, that to me, he was letting the girls' gospel mm-hmm. influences kind of shine through because Coco went for blood on that at the end. Yes. Like, went for <laughs> complete blood at the end. Like, she just, I think Brian was just like, go. Yeah. Just go and just sing and she was just going off at the end. And that's why I was just like that. That's kind of a sleeper for me. Uh, Mm I think you're going to
2: like it. Nobody really talks about that.
4: Yeah.
2: And I told JR before the show, because I was like, I was like, is this one of these albums where just side A was good? Because that, upon further review, Mm. I said side B, I do not like the production on side B. Mm, Okay. Hey, Okay. It's You always get sisters with voices, but with other producers I, yeah. It's
4: yeah.
2: the production I don't like. In fact, I like the vocal arrangement a lot.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But if I could hear those songs reimagined with a different production under it, I bet I would freaking love those songs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now I definitely sort of like, I guess, with "Forever My Lady" and. One side. Oh, you know that's
2: yeah. your side A, period. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And then you get the side, side B, and it's just like. Yeah lost boys uh legal drug buddy just, yeah just side
1: a side, a side a and side a alone i feel you yeah <laughs> i had that conversation with somebody about Jody and forever my lady and they was like yeah that's "For
2: bad." yeah b is yeah bad.
1: for bad that
3: side b no yeah Ooh, that joint is no, mm-hmm. good. <laughs> no good
1: well speaking of production
3: we have, oh well look look, look, look <laughs> do you know at least. look who spot. D B we have what up, guys
1: we have a very special guest in the building for those of y'all who are tuning in. I told y'all we would try to have something done. And these are all props to my folks, Elise and JR, for having him come on. He really needs no introduction, but for those of y'all who are listening Ooh. and also watching, I'll go ahead and do it. We're talking about SWV, it's about time. So we want to talk about one of the geniuses, one of the engines that made this album go. Eight tracks on here he produced and either he produced and or co-wrote on here. We can run them down once he gets on here. We're talking about or that sang. or sang as well. Did his thing, but his production credits just start with SWV. He's done production credits as well for Lila Hathaway, Faith Evans, Coco Usher, Missy Elliott, and. Also, as recently did work on Aloe Black's debut album, Lift Your Spirit. And we're talking about none other than the incomparable, legendary Brian Alexander Morgan. Joining us here in the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast. (laughs) <laughs> Sir, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. How are you?
0: Hey, what's happening, man? I'm good. How y'all doing? How's everybody?
1: Oh, we're great, man.
3: Uh, my favorite <laughs> Brian on the show. Everybody good?
1: <laughs> we are good, man. We are good. Thank you so much for joining us. It's um nice. we're chopping it up over this album and we we've been talking about a lot of the tracks on it, especially the ones that you produced and wrote and um we were actually just having a conversation about you're always on my mind and <laughs> every one oh. of us on here i mean i know at and jr i've told you you know we absolutely love it that to me is like in my
3: wait a minute wait a minute at least do that again do that again put that glass back up girl put that glass back up oh my Look. god <laughs> <laughs> there it is
0: Cheers to you all. Hey, it's it's
1: a water <laughs> night for me, man. So y'all have fun. I definitely wait, don't de- wait, wait. definitely indulge on my behalf. Hey, um
0: hey, you, I, I, but it's a water night for me too. I'm about to get in this water right here in about two seconds. Ooh, I'm jealous. Oh God. I, <laughs> I'm jealous. I man. Far, I got, so, I got some so cardio wild. to do. Yeah, see what
1: happens when 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 platinum producer artists what happen at, and, and 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 producers they go out and they get in their pools and they do their cardio for the day. You at the gym sweat it out. He in the pool. Hey, with
0: a glass of wine.
1: With a glass of wine, exactly.
0: That's all we got.
1: Winning. There you go.
0: Where are you, you go? Me? Yeah. You gotta live your life now, like Rihanna said.
1: Yeah. There you go. There you go. So we, so, we...
0: Okay. yeah. I'm so happy that you guys are talking about this. Very important. Um, milestone we're reaching here with the 30th anniversary this year yeah and i got something special coming for all y'all i'm so excited about i'm trying to keep it under wraps but it's, it's crazy yo so i'm excited to be um just still here first of all in the yeah. land of the living we've lost so many amazing people and when i tell you that i'm so thankful for every second of life right now in these crazy times we are living in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's real yeah mm-hmm.
1: It, you talked about that, and I mentioned, I know you mentioned, and you talked about in many of your interviews about Chucky Thompson. And, yeah, and that's, man. One, that's one that is no longer with us. And me being a DC native, I know a lot about Chucky and all his work, man. So, you know, my just, guy, yeah. my guy. Yeah, yeah. We just, another one, Jesse Powell just recently passed along, you know, Ugh, all stuff and yeah. music from my youth, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it, yeah. Every Day yeah, Above sure. Ground is a good one, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we thank you for for coming, man, and for taking a little bit of your time. And, and so, just to sort of uh, continue the discussion around this, and I've, I've watched mm-hmm. a few of your discussions on, like I think I was watching halftime chat with you did about a year ago, where you were you know speaking about oh yeah some of the things about uh, with, with the album. So one thing that I did want to, and I read a little bit about this, man, just tell us, and for the listeners who are listening to this, your process of how you linked up with Kenny. And how these songs that that ended up on this album, like how did that end up working out with that whole thing connected with you with the girls and the songs that you wrote?
0: Man, it had to be a complete and total act of God because there's no way in the world, like when you hear it told that it, it, it's just crazy how it came together. Like, like it was supposed to happen. My whole intention was just to work on Martha Wash, as far as working at RCA and getting on something that I thought would make some noise because Martha was on the heels of her smash, everybody, everybody, mm-hmm. and then uh, of course, uh, gonna make you sweat with CNC Music Factory. So my goal, sole purpose, was just to get something on her, so I could have something in the clubs and on the radio. That's what my goal was, because she was dominating the clubs and the radio like crazy. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. my, I, I just wrote some songs for Martha and um, hoped that she liked them. And I maybe it was about four songs, and she took all four, and um, that got me into the space of Kenny Ortiz. Like he knew about me because we were working together with Martha. And uh, somewhere in those sessions, he was like, yo, I got these girls, man. You got to hear them be. And I think you could you could be good for them. And so he sent me old school FedEx packages, a cassette. I took that bad boy out. And yo, when I heard Coco's voice, mm. I stopped the tape. I was like. Oh snap! This, this, <laughs> ah, ah. I heard the potential like was so crazy. I was like, "This is going to be absolutely crazy." Yeah. If she can do these songs, I had a couple of songs already that were sitting around for a couple of years, like week, uh, and right here was probably like a year old by then. But mm-hmm. week was like a couple of years old. Um, and I said to myself, if I can just you know cut her on them, cut them on her, and them we'll see what happens i wasn't sure cuz on the on the demo it was she was very raw and it was kind of all over the place and i was like oh, i don't know let me see i don't know we'll see so kenny's like yo when you come back to mix martha just please do you know a couple of those songs on them and i did we did week uh which coco hated and we did really? I think we did right here yeah and uh and it went well and what happened was they got signed based on those those demos Wow. And uh, and we went from there. We just kept working from there. When they, And that was me in New York.
3: Mm-hmm. When
0: we came to the West Coast, in my turf, we did, I created I'm Swing to You mm-hmm. then. Yeah. And, and then we kept going from there. Always on my mind, we was back in New York again. It was kind of back and forth, coastal, coastal. It was just getting the, getting the records knocked out. And when we got them done, all of us still weren't really sh- I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Because let me tell you something. TLC, right in that exact time period, Mm -hmm. had changed their whole image to that crazy, sexy, cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And we was like, oh, shit, they look amazing. This is crazy. Like, uh uh-oh, it's a shift. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know, man. This whole, you know, hood street thing, is this still going to work? You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? As far as image. But what we were thankful for is that the fact that their name is Sisters With Voices And they had the goods when it came to the music itself. Mm
4: -hmm. That
0: is what sold the product. It was like, yo, they said they are sisters with voices. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: So they backed it up. They just backed it up. And their blend was crazy. All the records, I made sure I recorded them all together. And then sometimes individually, but always in that background. It's their blend in that background. A lot of people say, yo, B, I know I hear you in the background. Maybe. Maybe. Kenny Ortiz was a, a, a stickler for trying to keep me in the background, from the demo, right? <laughs> <laughs> always wanted to keep me in the background. So I took a lot of crap for that mm. because people were like, "Why are you still all up in the background?" Well, that's because Kenny Ortiz wanted me in the back. But I tell you what, though, they their tone and their blends, Lily, Taj and the, and Coco together is truly its own sound. And yeah. you and if you're a fan, you really already know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that earlier, man, is that their tone and blends on some of these songs is something otherworldly that you don't hear from a lot of groups in that era. I mean, even the elite ones, the ones that sold all the records and everything vocally, you weren't hearing the same type of things, what they were doing. They were blowing it out of the water, which was ridiculous, man. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you were t- you talked a little bit now to talk about I'm So Into You, which all of us love. It's a jam. It's still a jam to this day. <laughs> now, there was an interview I was reading one at Complex where you said you made a version and Kenny said he didn't like it, man. He said, you can't do this. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about that, him not liking that first version and how you <sighs> flip it into
0: what it became. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know I'm really, really, really a hip hop head yeah. at heart like I'm
3: like no, hip- no. <laughs> right
0: so like I'm I was very easily influenced by my hip hop heroes of the era and so when I was in New York that first time working with Martha I made it my business to go to visit my heroes like Eric Sermon and mm-hmm. people like that and step in on their sessions and kind of just vibe out so I just watched Eric work man like working at I think he was working at court workstation It was incredible how he could work Mm -hmm. it. I was like, man, the the Red Man records were so hard. I was like, man, I got to do joints like that. So when I went home and got I'm So Into You together, I was doing it in that funk mob mode, man. Straight Mm -hmm. up, I was just doing it trying to be as hard as it could possibly be. And Kenny heard that. He's like, man, come on, bro. That's not you. I was Mm -hmm. like, you don't know it, but it is me. This is what I (laughs) want to (laughs) do. He's like, man, strip it down. Strip it back down to just the raw soul of it. And when I took out all the elements that I thought made it sound like, you know, more East coast, Mm -hmm. really, we just stripped it down to my Midwest, Midwest basic structure, just the chords, the drums that I put in there that were real straight and clean. And they weren't new Jack in any way. Mm. Um, And the bass, my bending bass lines, you know, all the stuff I grew up on Funkin' for Jamaica, you know, I was trying to get all those elements in there. So if you really listen close, I'm, 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 I'm making a lot of nods to a lot of things that I care about. When I say you're not mine, that's just a little piece, of shock and sweet thing. You're not mine. Mm-hmm. I can't deny. You know, I'm trying to get it all in there, funky for Jamaica. That boom, boom. I'm getting that bending bass in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I still was original with my own ideas as far as melodically. So I was, I felt comfortable in where I had Coco going from the from her opening line. Boy, there you go? She that's that's all. Uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. there you go. From there you in. It's it's my take on what I thought she should be doing with her tone. Yeah. Wow. you know. I was
2: wondering how long it would be for Brian Sane. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it supposed to be cooler,
0: sir. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? You know what? But The funny thing about that song, Lily was kind of k- getting at me about how she wasn't sure that they was in all the backgrounds and stuff, and I had to assure her. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you something. Those background parts are so important on my records because frankly, the I noticed the fans wait on those parts to come. They can't wait till so far. Mm-hmm. so I come around. So, Fine. you know what I'm saying? Fine. Things you do. They yeah. them backgrounds yeah. is it. You yeah. Hear me? Oh
1: yeah.
0: On week two. I yeah. mean, come on. And all the all the the parts that the fans wait for are all the background joints. Mm-hmm. Something about the way you do. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Mm-hmm. So I was like don't 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 underestimate how important and powerful those backgrounds are, mm-hmm. and like how important they are to the records. Meaning, Taz and Lily.
1: Yeah, that though that the mixing in to that, say that too. That, you were you mixed you mixed all that? Did you did you mix some Oh yeah, of, um, Me and my yeah. man
0: Larry Funk. Shout out to Larry Funk Larry from Funk. Wichita, Kansas. My first engineer that I ever had. Uh, yeah, took Larry with me I, when I when I got that deal going. I brought Larry from Kansas. Man, he did the mark the watch with me. I mm. said man, let's just keep rolling with this SWV stuff.
4: Yeah. Mm.
0: Goodness. Yep. He worked with me all the way through rain. Me and Larry mixed rain as well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, man. I think Coco solo joints too. Yeah. we might have, I think that's somewhere in there. All the way up to McCall Ray. Yeah.
3: Yes, yes, sir. sir. Well, come on, Brian. You know I know you. Come on, come on now. Come on now. (laughs) now. You were saying everything that I was saying before you came on here. I was like, "Come on, that's why he's my favorite. One of my favorite producers. Like I know this guy."
0: Like (laughs) Larry Funk. Larry Funk was a studier of Quincy Jones. Yes, sir. He he, um he understood how to make those vocals sound. We call it shimmer. Make them mm. vocals sparkle, make yes. them vocals do what they do. So, like, I was talking to Rodney Jerkys one time, and Rodney asked me, he's like, Yo, what all them verbs? Like, what the hell? How'd y'all work out all the?" I used to watch Larry calculate the verb times and do it mathematically so everything was falling where it's supposed to fall, and the echoes and reverbs were doing what they're supposed to do. So, when you hear, if we, we there's an acapella of week that, that flo- floats around, people use it all the time. But if you listen to that acapella with just the reverbs, that joint is doing its own thing with no music whatsoever. Cause Larry was so meticulous mm-hmm. about the reverbs and the delays. And so you don't hear that kind of uh, attention to detail today, Mm-mm. you know, not you at all, man,
1: it. not at all. And and being an amateur producer myself um, and being around great producers and listening to what they do and them working on equipment, what you had to deal with back then versus what right. you're dealing with, what you have now, quality right. as far as what you were dealing with some things that were analog you're not getting the same thing what you get now digitally
0: right and thank god for me I came in at a time when the MPC was brand new so I, I did all that SWV stuff on my very first MPC so I kind of had the best of both worlds like just right before MPC we was struggling to, with sample time like it wasn't enough time mm-hmm. to, like you had, you had about tw- you know, 12 seconds maybe mm-hmm. and that was on the SP 1200 like it was just Ooh. we just didn't have a lot of stereo sampling time but the point is it forced us to be more creative yeah, with how we did our chops. And, yeah. I, and so I don't know. I just think it was a blessing. That device was a blessing to me because I could filter. For example, I could play my keys. Then I could sample myself and put it in the damn machine and mm-hmm. have it playing from the pads. So now I'm doing what people take for granted now, just, you know, loops and shit. Cause you're buying loop packs and shit. Shit's already done mm-hmm. for you. We had to create those things. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Shout out to the uh,
1: SP man, yeah. Listening to uh, yeah, a lot man. of my favorite. All that
0: old gear where we had to really create. Come on, yeah. All the people that know about it, uh, DJ Premier,
1: yeah. Um, Pete Rock, man. So Pete Rock, many. extra yeah. P, yeah, all Pete Rock. of them. Come yeah. on, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, extra P, and all it, of them.
0: Oh, Premier, about- Premier, Premier didn't use the twelve hundred. I don't want to say. I know he used the Akai. Yeah. I think he used the nine hundred. But I'm telling you right now, Easy Mo B twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah. Come on.
2: That's, it's, a, it's a thing to be said about. Um, when you have to work a little harder for something, you you get creativity, you get that ingenuity, you know, the father of invention. So you get like, you have to dig deeper. But when when things come so easy or easily accessible, it it cuts that far out. And, and to me, that's the soul. And and while you're
0: speaking on that, I want to say this, because that's so true. And let me tell you, I'm going to give you an example of how that's true. Okay. I'm just going to come clean. Like now, how I create joints now is how everybody else do it. Like I'll hear some, you hear a beat pack or some samples or some cool stuff. And you'd be like, oh, I'll I'll, I'll do my idea based off of that. Right? Well, the difference is back then, because we didn't have sample packs or things already cleverly chopped and screwed, like whatever for you. Give you an example. Just the simple hi-hat on I'm Showing to You. The reason why that hi-hat is like that and sounds like that, that whole, that whole, That little hi-hat piece, it it doesn't sound very significant, but you take that motherfucker away, and the song ain't even the same song no more. Oh, no. -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but the question is, it wasn't just given to me in some group of sounds. (laughs) I had to think about where did that hi-hat come from? I had to to know my sources to Mm -hmm. be able to go to that. So I was like, ooh, I want to... This is what I had to think. The process was this. I want an old-sounding hat that swing in a certain kind of way, Mm. but it has to still be real. Like, I don't want it to be electronic, so I'm not going to my electronic music for the source. I got to go to an actual record that's a drummer playing a hi-hat. Now, what records do I have that has a hi-hat that's open and loose available to be taken? That's a very short list. Mm -hmm. And I'm not telling you what I use, but, but, but the point is, I I knew where to go to get it. It's from Motown, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. But but the point is, I had the record and I pulled it and, and I was like, Yeah, there it go. There mm-hmm. go that hi hat. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. I took that hi hat, I was like, now, now I'm doing my thing. So when you hear that beat, it's like boom 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 and but the hat on top of that, that's the swag, that's the swing. So yeah. You know what I mean? Idea that I had to think about and have the resources for my out of my own mind. Not given to me. Yeah, that hat.
1: It, does that make sense? It, yeah, it becomes it becomes a different song without that hat, man. It does. It's a different song. Yeah. It is a different song. So, yeah. the the parts that you had to go get, you had to lift, you had to dig for them. You know, it was right. different and back nowhere then. To yeah,
0: dig. nowhere to dig. Yeah,
1: yeah. And nowhere to and dig. Mean, that's
0: part of the part of the whole idea of being a producer is having some kind of sense of music enough to where you know where to go.
1: Yeah. You're doing all that, B.
0: You changed
3: music forever.
4: Exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: I hope so, man. I mean, I hope
3: I did my Ain't fun. no hope. You know you yeah, did. Yeah. You know you did. Ain't no hope. You know you did. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, 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 I always do that. I own it. I own it. i do because i want brian to know he
0: know he did yeah i changed me and coco's and taz and lily's life and kenny ortiz's life i know that well (laughs) no no
1: doubt no doubt about that and and for those of y'all you're wondering if if you pick this up mid and then the pod we're talking of course swv it's about time with the r&b reps elise and jr it's very special guests producer writer extraordinaire brian alexander morgan one of the architects prime architect I'm going to say of making this album go in regards to writing and producing and making those hits that you know and love. Now, another thing I wanted to also point to, Brian, we talked about this earlier is, you know, being that bridge in regards from one sound to the next. We talked how from the late eighties into the nineties, you had that new Jack swing, and then you're moving into a new era of R and B where Mm -hmm. it's not quite new Jack swing, but we're sort of obtaining some of the elements from it as well. But moving into out of new Jack swing in the hip hop soul, where this marriage between hip hop and R and B is becoming more and more apparent. Yeah, Like I mentioned it, you know, that SWV and that sound. And you ultimately were a part of being that bridge after that, on the other side of that, you get to some of their contemporaries, their X gates, the John And eventually you see in the Brandy's, the Monica's, Aaliyah's, um, those groups starting to emerge on the other side of that, where that sound started to mature a little bit more. Talk a little bit about that process of being that bridge or helping to be that bridge from one group of sound to the next, which led to something else later on in the decade.
0: That's a, that's a great question. And you know what? First of all, you got to understand I'm built by Jimmy and Terry's groundwork and work in the eighties. Like Mm. my whole idea of being a producer had prior to Jimmy and Terry had been based on Stevie Mm. and what he was doing or based on, uh, Gospel records like Commission or Thomas Whitfield records like I, my production style was or bill Maxwell like he was doing all these incredible records production wise and it was very live oriented like based on you know live sounding stuff. So when Jimmy and Terry came man, come on bro like mm. when you're talking about tell me do you still care with SOS band with that 808 that was so significant to me and in the, in the fact that it could it could be a machine and still have sudden so, so much life right mm-hmm. like that was groundbreaking to me let me name some records just be good to me that baseline terry i mean uh jimmy told me he played that live mm. all the way through no sequence like playing that joint mm. just that human feel to that right yeah and then but they always had these dope ass keys and layers of keys in there but the beat was always banging sherelle uh things oh. that things everything your man everything i miss at home uh love uh what number some more said. alexander o'neill saturday love mm. name any record by oh, them wow. and the drums are always so important yeah to yes. the record right yes. and how yes. they layer the keys around the drums wow. and the bass is very very important jimmy's bass lines were always always ridiculous mm-hmm. um and so when i started doing it myself and this is prior to the npc I was always just trying to make sure my shit sounded as good as them. So then entered Enter Babyface in LA with another twist on that same approach. Like it's still live keys, but these drums are popping, and, w- and the first sounds mm-hmm. we heard from Jimmy, from uh, LA and Face were in their own group. The deal, uh, mm-hmm. and we were like, okay, wait a minute. And then, but, but when they broke out with Pebbles' girlfriend and those, they were very significant audio signal saying okay this is a, a particular sound mm-hmm. same thing with teddy with i want her with keith mm-hmm. those drums were like what in the hell is going these i want her drums is so crazy to this day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's so dope like it's, it's like wild, what is, man. this is ridiculous those drums are like, crazy so, um, so <laughs> teddy teddy was forcing us as well as jimmy and terry as well as all them forcing us to deal with the matter of drums so that's why when you hear on the SWV, I, it's hard to let that go because that's how I came in to my producer's self, listening to those records, right? So mm-hmm. right here is the, uh, the original right here, still has those elements of that New Jack Swing thing to it. But I knew in the back of my mind that I wasn't going to cut it mm-hmm. just trying to sound like them. Mm-hmm. I had to identify who I was, right? I was like, who am I in this sonic, you know, world? Where am I? So that's why I am going to you literally to me, is a signifier. It cuts the whole New Jack thing and starts it, starts over from scratch and let's just build this thing. For, that's why I started it purposely with such a sparse intro, which is that, you know, all that. And, and to make you understand that these little tiny elements are their own thing. Then when the beat drops in, now you know what it is. But the point is, and I want to emphasize in the middle of the record, I'm a hip-hop dude, yeah, so that's man. why that You're Not Mine breakdown is an 808, like, yeah. smacking right in the middle, all that is, <laughs> You're Not Slap. Oh, man, that, that yeah, 808, brother, bro. We in here with yeah. this beats. <laughs> I want you to know I'm not just a keyboard dude. Yeah. I'm trying to do these drums and get your attention. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. So, we got it, melody. Ryan,
2: yeah. And Brian to speak to that? Like, Black
1: folk, we love a beat drop. Like, yeah, yeah, buddy. Listen, <laughs> yeah, right? buddy. So, yeah. So we
2: You started off all deceptively sweet or slow it is
0: right
2: mm-hmm. like, oh
0: yes and you know what and i, <laughs> I did it, from, did it from jump y'all i'm not trying to jump around but i gotta re- i gotta mention anything right here i like starting with that nothing of just the keys the inch so coco's voice can wave in, just ride in on oh that wave of just, I mean, right?
2: mm-hmm. we we know we know this we've met we've
0: met
4: we've met so wait so wait so when that
2: beat does drop on anything
0: your body and mind and soul is waiting on that to happen right yes i I just that's what i come from i want to i want to set it up and spike the ball
1: (laughs) and spike it you did and Spike it, you did. Um, I always think, like, you know, that line that we talked about, that connection of the bridge, man. It's um, You spoke spoke a lot about Tim, Timbo and the things that he was doing later on in the yeah. 90s. Like, I almost even think that bridge that you were helping to send, like, so he, like, stretches right over into Timbo and Rodney and what they were doing yeah, later totally, on in the decade, totally, yeah. you know? And the things that they were doing with, like, Aaliyah and with Missy and Nicole and, with, and with Genuine and eventually what Rodney was doing with Brandy. You know, like yep. that, that line of that bridge goes right there from that period, from what y'all were doing there, you know what? right into what yeah. Tim von Rodney were doing later on in the decade.
0: Man, they killed it. And let me tell you something, when I heard Tim stuff first, like If Your Girl Only Knew, Yeah, I was like, oh, snap. Here goes somebody <laughs> else that has another interpretation yeah. of what to do with these drums <laughs> and keep it minimalistic, but still so knocking, right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. keep the most minimal of sounds to, mm. uh, to get their there idea across think about if you're going to... what yeah. oh my god that's
2: crazy damn baby yeah.
0: it's insane but 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 he, he was a genius and is a genius at doing that and so i i feel like that's a really important thing like what can you how can you get your idea across with the least amount of things mm. so that the listener not only feels it but just remembers it, almost internalizes it yeah wow
2: you gotta right? find that thing to focus the focus in on, like yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: Man. wow, it matters, it, it matters. matters. And Rodney is. was a genius at that too. Yeah, Ooh. that he was. Oh, and I gotta mention Keith Crouch. Keith Crouch on "I Want to Be Down." There, that's another example of simplicity, mm. but banging, banging, but clean and simple. Because I mean, if you if you mm. really think mm. about it, "I Want to Be Down" could be the beginning of what Tim is doing. Like yes. that yeah. simplistic but hard ass
3: beats.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. yeah. Good pull. Nice. Yeah. So we're talking about SWV. It's about time. So I always like to find out things that were happening behind the scenes. And obviously we don't want to incriminate anybody or any statute of limitations, anything it's else like that.
3: Brian now. Hey, listen,
1: <laughs> I got to put that out there. I'm not telling you to tell everything. I'm just saying. So. I always, whenever I do talk to people involved in making albums like these, want to always find out about an antidote or story about something during the recording process that you think about every once in a while and pops up back in your head that make, made it memorable. So do you have one of those stories for us, Brian Alexander Morgan, about It's About Time, an antidote from the recording process, the studio, a chat with whoever, any one of the three girls, mixer, recording engineer, whoever, what, what do you got two, for I us? I got two.
3: I okay. got two.
0: Okay. Here's one. I
3: think I know one of them, but go ahead, Z. <laughs> Here, here's, one, here's
0: one. Here's one. Okay. This is this only reminded me, because just the other day, I was in my studio listening to Old Dats, and I ran across the, this dat, and nobody ever really talks about this little song on this About Time album very much, but yo, I ran across the dat of us recording SWV's in the house, right? Mm. Brian, I
4: it about is. That.
1: Yes, That's his I joint. Jr. Be- loves it. He loves it. I, and as Elise least comes home, so it,
3: crazy. Brian,
0: <laughs> no, I'm not crazy about that joint either. But look, <laughs> I swear that peep this, peep this though. So I found the dat of where, like, the whole dat is basically Larry Funk had pressed record on the dat, and he's recording the session of us doing it, right? Mm-hmm. That dat. Has so much hilarity and s- crazy shit on it wow. with Leanne talking shit, Coco talking shit, back and forth to each other about me, about Kenny Ortiz. They talking shit, shit on wow. this that. So you wait till I play that for them in person. That I'm sure they forgot all this stuff they talked. It's so insane about just <laughs> like because they were they were getting bored with in between takes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they would just say crazy shit and this that goes on for like i want to say about 60 minutes like an hour wow. of just shit talking. Oh, it's the best shit ever. I could imagine. <laughs> yeah. And wait, and, but wait, but, then, but in between in between, I'm still producing. I, I'll come in the booth with I'll be like, "Okay, do it like this or say this." And Coco does it. And then when I go out of the booth, they'll start talking shit again. <laughs> 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 oh my god. I was like, I cannot believe I just found this. It was, I sit there for an hour listening to this shit. So that's story one. Story two, everybody knows the one where I sit, uh, after I finished right here, the original, Kenny Ortiz added them. Damn, I got the power bells to it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I knew it. I knew it. I
0: was heated beyond heat. Heated more hot than this. I was hotter than this. Wow.
4: Nah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: As he shows us the hot tub.
0: And that joint is at 200 right now. Look, I was so heated. Like, I could not believe it because, first of all, I wanted it right here to be clean and funky. Mm -hmm. Like, like, listen, I got a, man, I, I had an old demo that didn't have those bells in. I can't even find it now. But it's so clean. Like, nobody knows what it's supposed to sound like to me because they never heard it. It's like, boom, boom, boom boom, boom, boom. It's real clean and funky. But with all that ding,
4: ding, 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 ding I was like, oh, fuck,
0: man. <laughs> he just fucked my whole shit off with that. Oh, my God. It wasn't shit I could do about it. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. man. That's why I could I could never listen to that for years. I couldn't. Mm. Only oh. right now, recently. Wow. I, by the way, it just got certified. Uh, uh Somebody sent me a thing and showed me the certification of, of that particular version. Uh, finally going platinum. It's on its own. Wow. Nice. Via, via streaming, via streaming, and all the today stuff. There we go. That's gold the right there. $5, B. You got it. <laughs> Props, Air horn though, right? for the platinum yes.
1: certification, my man. Yes,
0: yes, yes. yeah. We, we just, we just hit three million. It went, it was certified at platinum when it came out, like only within a few months. But now it just hit three million. Um, right here, the original hit platinum, and I'm just wondering, to you hit uh, platinum? It wow. was gold when the original, the original came out. Nice.
1: And the second antidote, you said you had two. What's the second what's one? The I gave you two. One?
0: I gave you the one yeah, when I found the, okay. the voices in the house. Okay, got that, it. That's crazy okay. that I just found that. Yeah. <laughs> that's an <the>
1: ongoing. <laughs> does,
0: it, does it surprise
1: you just a couple more? Because, you know, I know you got to get going with your cardio going and your, and your, your yes. cool down and everything else. Yes, so, yes, sir. So a couple more questions. The first one I have is that, does it surprise you all these years later that these songs, this album, still gets the reaction out of people from a number of different generations and it's one thing if it's our generation you know like uh, Mm -hmm. me like i was telling at i was in the fifth going into sixth grade when this album came out she said you know she was you know certain school age about it jr same thing as well but yeah we react to it people older than us in our generation react to it but we even it's kids like my younger cousins who weren't even born when it came out you know, does it still surprise right. you that it still gets the reaction out of a number of different people spanning the generations thirty years later? These yes, songs, these does. weeks, it, you know, like the, the also went to use the right here's, the yeah, yeah,
0: rain, 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 All yeah, of it. yeah, That's man, name, people, people love that damn rain. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I can't go on TikTok without hearing some kind of variation of something or something like every week. And and this is just the guy's honest truth. No flex, I promise. Every week I'm clearing some version of it because somebody's trying to re, trying to put it out, like wow. rappers, singers. Wow. and I like that it's rappers and singers because that's true to how I how I perceived it. You mm-hmm. feel me? Yeah. So it's like Rick Ross. I mean, man, everybody. They put that joint out with Summer Walker. That shit is crazy. Wow. Um It's been the most Flo Millie with her version of week. It's been it's been crazy. Chris Brown, he done done three or four of my joints right here. Uh, is, is, it was his. She ain't you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past year he used he was always on my mind on uh, the baddest with yeah. young blue like i mean it's just it's just never ending and it's wow. so amazing so yeah i am a, i am shocked and amazed and blessed and humble humbled every time um and all the tiktok stuff man the tiktok stuff has gone crazy week being had a it had a little moment a few years ago rain had a moment last summer mm-hmm. um it's nuts yes. yeah i love it wow
1: and, and then
0: I guess... And I think it's because it's... You know why Can I say why? Sure. I think I know why. Because I was thinking about this recently. I was like, why is it that they keep coming back to SWZ when they could go to TLC, they could go to Destiny's Child, they could go to Invogue, Vogue, they can go to Jade. There's so many groups. Escape. I just think that there's something that's what I thought was too raw back then is exactly what they want. Yeah. Mm. Like, we, we used to think that they should maybe be more polished or made more. Thin. Nah, they want, they want that raw soul. Like that's what that is. So yeah. I think that's why their stuff is church is street. is like those elements that people want when they think nineties. So it's so cool. Like, and but they always flip it into some right now shit that works. Mm,
4: mm, mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. You feel me? Yeah. And then it's I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. It's fun for me to be able to do something else. Like when, when they when I got the Khalid record on the way, uh nineteen eighty five, the producer asked me to do, you know, what I what I would do on that. And I did my damnedest to do Jimmy Jam's keys. I was like, let me let me throw these Jimmy Jam keys in there, like, you know, and, and my my hero. You feel me? Yeah. So that's why if you listen back to Khalid, those keys sound like and Lewis, because I was doing you know, what I came up on.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jimmy yeah. jam me and full circle,
0: full circle stuff mm-hmm. and let them know my Nas record. Oh my God. That oh. My,
2: so can I talk about shit. how you gave us the exclusive on that? Oh, no, not you? Go ahead. oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 You tell it. Yeah. You tell it. Okay. Yeah. So
3: right, the day before we did our episode, Brian was actually working with Charlie Wilson. Oh wow. Okay. And he was like, "Yo, make sure you call me cuz I'm be in a late session like." Yeah. But he wasn't giving this out yet. Yeah. So Brian got on and we started talking and then at the end, he was like, "Yo, this new Nas record is coming out that I just worked with Charlie Wilson with and blah blah." blah, So I got got to mention. mention Hit boy in that. Is
0: that
3: it,
0: is, is that, that the he one on K, KD2?
1: KD that, that's on yes. K, KD2, right? Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Man, I love
0: that
3: joint. So man. That's so, did. people didn't catch it in the episode that we did with Brian because he, he said it quick and we were just like, okay, cool. Yeah. So, finally, yeah. when the album came out, I was like, Brian, can I put this clip up? He was like, hell yeah, put this clip up. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, put this clip up. So, then yeah. we had a lot of people that was a part of a 5B podcast that we do as a hip hop podcast. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we like, wait a minute. Brian yeah. told you on the episode. We was like, well, if you would have watched and caught it, you yeah,
0: would have knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knew. And I'm telling you, that, that was a full circle moment for me. Uh, because oh. Charlie, Charlie's such a hero of mine, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, and Hit Boy is a hero of mine presently. Mm. So those two, and plus Nas is the all time, oh my God, yeah, one of the guys, yeah. right? It's my so favorite like, that, MC like all that, time, I, I ain't going to lie. I, I cried in that session, y'all. I ain't even going to lie. And I that's straight a- up cried. Because first of all, it came from a record that I did um, five years before SWV, like, I got signed to Warner Brothers by Benny Medina.
4: Mm-hmm. I
0: did this song on there called If Only, the record, we got dropped. It never came out. It was like a source of pure sadness for me, like despair, thinking that I wasn't going to make it in this business. Mm-hmm. So for that record to be picked up by Hitboy and Nas, and then for him, Hit Boy, to call me and invite me to that session to work with Charlie, that it's just no words, man. Yeah, no phony love. to come back around and be a how, how it was flipped. Was so genius on
1: Hip oh boy, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Oh different. my god, it was just yeah, it man. Something that
0: I did before there was ever even a thought of SWB in my life. You yeah. feel me? Yeah, yeah. That yeah.
1: that is a that is a full circle moment, and full that song circle, is baby, yeah. That song is one of my favorites on an album that I absolutely love. Um no and phony it, love. And, all right, and as a matter of fact, man, that run on King's Disease 2 from store run all the way through. Count me in is my favorite run on that so album. Crazy, like, right? it's, it's, right. it's, yeah. it's um to go from store run to moments to nobody, then to have no phony love. It's
0: like And don't forget that Lauren Hill before it, right before yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely, man. So ugh, crazy. So before we always ask our guests. What are they working on now? Um, I know you can't, some things you probably can't put out there quite yet because you got to have some things cooking in the street. And when it drops, you want it to drop and it fit to shock everybody. But just what are you working on right now? Some things that the listeners and the public should probably be looking out for. Let us know what Brian Alexander Morgan's working on and what we need to be Uh, looking out for in the future.
0: Okay. I think I owe it to the fans because they've been so patient with me and like literally for the last few years of me teasing them with my stuff I got in my vaults. Uh, so that's one thing, the BAM's Rare Remix and Unreleased, hashtag BAM's Rare Remix and Unreleased, that's actually still a thing, and it's still coming. However, I spent the last year putting together this 30th anniversary thing because I wanted it to be special, and so that's what you're going to hear next from me is kind of the reimagining of these classics that you guys know so well. I've tried to put a spin on each one of them in a way that I think that the fans will appreciate it and uh, consider them new classics even though these are the same records right so i was trying to really like honor it be like if i'm gonna reflip my own shit it's got to be crazy right so i work with a couple of incredible people uh to get to to achieve that and so just trying to get it straight business-wise right now and uh yeah i got it it's coming it's coming even if it's the top of next year, it's still coming. It's still the 30th anniversary, no matter what year it is. Absolutely. That part. That, yeah. Can we get the vinyl B? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to try to get some wax. Of course, I'll get some wax yeah, on let's this do piece. It, of man. course. Yeah. But, but, I need it, yo. Yeah. It's we going that. to be re- crazy. I want tell y'all about You know your
2: needs for vinyl? I'm
0: a vinyl head, so of course it's going to be vinyl when I'm involved.
2: Oh, no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <But sure. laughs> i not. For sure. I got to have my wax. Come on now.
4: I love it. And then
0: and some CDs, too. We're going to do a little run, a little, little small run, you know. Yeah. I'm so of course here, boy. Be, of course I got be Spotify money for it. It's going to be playlisted up for y'all and all that good stuff, but we're going to definitely have some. Oh, and here's another thing. This is another thing I want y'all to know. What I want to do is do a East Coast uh, release and a West Coast release, right, mm. and a party for each, kind of a listening party. So East Coast listening party, West Coast listening party. So those things are something that you guys should be looking out for, especially the fans. I wanted to be a big turn up for the fans who of that album uh, to celebrate. It's just an EP, so it'll be like five songs, but I'm, and a sixth bonus cut uh, on there too for you guys. Mm. So uh yeah, you should
2: have me and Jr. Come
0: host it. I, come on, we got y'all. How could y'all not be there? Hey. So, I like, just want to be in the house. Another. That's all. We can work it out. We can work it out. And special guest in the whole night. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh man. So I'm trying to you get this, to send the. Universe. My <laughs> plan is to have it be tied around uh, Valentine's Day because just the love. Nice. Of oh, the whole record. You feel me? I see so, where he going. I see where you going, B. Okay. 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 I see where you going. And there's yeah. and there's, a, there's a certain single that I have. I want to release around then with a couple of singers, y'all know. That's Covering uh, always on my mind, and murdered it. Mm.
3: Oh, C C C. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait. Hey. Uh, you just text yeah. us and
2: tell us who. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Don't play with me, Brian. Don't we- Don't play with me, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Cool. And uh, and I and I got
0: a couple other surprises I want to throw on there. That's going to be hopefully, it comes through and we and we get it done. Which we're working on it now. So, I'm just praying, man, that it comes through the way I want it to.
3: I hope so. It will. Um, it will. From your lips yeah. for
1: your lips to God's ears. So, yes. We uh we are going to keep our fingers crossed on that and stay tuned as well cuz now I'm waiting. So, anticipation oh, yeah. is oh, what yeah. is what builds what builds in success. We all hope, but Brian Alexander Morgan, ladies and gentlemen, sir, thank you so much for joining us for to discuss this album, discuss music. Love you, man. Love man, you guys. Thank, thank you, man. So much. Thank, thank you so much you for coming, in you, man. And uh, love y'all. Have back. a good y'all one. Know. Hey, listen, y'all don't work yourself okay. too hard on the cardio, man. And remember, always stretch <laughs> and then cool down. Listen,
0: I got it. I got it, bro. I'll talk to y'all.
1: Thank you, man. I All mean,
2: right, Thank you. Love y'all. I love me. <laughs> JR, J-
3: that's your friend. <laughs> he is. I gotta
5: claim that one. <laughs> you introduced me to us, so that. Oh, see.
1: <laughs> hey, man, he, that was great. me more,
5: though. Thank y'all. Yeah, he does. <laughs> hey,
1: no, th- thank y'all, man, for setting that up. That was a special surprise for all of y'all out there on the vault, man. This was all Elise and JR setting that up. I owe y'all one now, so I gotta make sure that if no, yeah, we family hey, we listen, know. I owe y'all one now, but um,
2: don't don't, be, don't turn out that man good buddy <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, so the last part of this as well, man, and now that we've had Brian on to discuss him I love the discussion of everything about the uh, songs and just music no, no. in general, that was really yeah. dope, so you know, but we gotta close out the way we always do here on the vault
4: yes. final verdict.
1: So at least J.R., we have a little bit of a uh, the ratings have switched now. We've gone from the whole certified borderline just in its time or not a classic at all. Now we're going certified classic, essential album, dope album, good album or just OK. So we'll go ahead and we'll start with at least when it's about time. What is your rating for this on that scale? What say you?
2: See, I'm wavering between Certified Classic and Essential. Mm-hmm. Certified Classic. Okay. And and I, and and I will say that because it spawned some of the biggest singles of the, some of the biggest singles.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah.
2: Yep. All on one album and big singles off the originals and the remix.
3: remixes and that is mm, that's where I was gonna movie. go
2: yeah and I will say enough of the album was dope to drown out any things that I feel like we're feeling yeah like it was mm. so strong through the singles and through shit I had a lot of singles um yeah. but through yeah. the singles and some of the like uh I because I think it was just enough to push it over the class yeah. Over the class Um, mm-hmm. you know, for the Philadelphia even because the singles are so strong. Yeah. And so musical. And as we discussed at the show, it it ushered in a whole new approach to R and B. And that can't be downplayed, that can't be denied. It just is Yeah. Classic.
1: Classic. J R?
3: What's that you Certified think? classic for me. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, you have an album that had seven singles. Yeah. Seven. What's you that? know what I mean? Like, seven singles, and they all, like, I know people don't really think about the original right here, but after that, that run is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't be denied. Like, after yeah. I'm so into you on down, it yeah. was a rat, And then the girls had, like Elise said, the remixes. Yeah. This album literally lasted them for 4 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? While other girl groups already was on their second and going yeah. into that and all that. Mm-hmm. These girls were still riding on It's About Time and the remixes. Mm-hmm. Like So and was, yeah.
4: to
2: add on to what you said. Yeah. Um not only with with the right here, even though it wasn't the original right here,
4: mm-hmm.
2: it still brought a lot of people in. It brought me in.
4: Mm-hmm. It brought
2: mm-hmm. all my classmates in. Right. Like, we talked about that, so that was a big deal because that gave us the image. Mm-hmm. Like whether the, no matter what the song did, it it firmly planted their image and relatability into their music, which is which is half of what their impact.
3: Right. So it got us ready for I'm so into you, basically. Mm-hmm. So JR,
2: you know how I tell you, people, because we be talking about first single choices a lot. Yes. Yeah. And you be like, why they picked that? I be like, yes, that single didn't blow up, but it put a certain image in people's minds and it got yeah. people ready for that next one to where that next one could blow up because of that first single. They might not have done as well, but it right. existed and, and, it, and it, was, it was in there. It was out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's how yeah. what I feel about right here. It got yes. you ready for yes. the rest of it.
3: You needed that. Agreed. Agreed.
1: So my verdict, we talk about the lows on here, and that's something that is something that can can sour someone's opinion on an album. And if you do that, then I think that would be an injustice to something that I think is such a great album. For me, it's a certified classic as well. I mean, we talked about the seven singles. We talked about the chart success. I mean, look at how many top 10 singles on the R and B charts we have just in those seven singles between that right. and the remixes. I mean, it's right. ridiculous. Then when you talk really the lasting thing to me, which makes this a classic is legacy. Um, It's legacy. It's yeah. the, the impact on what this had on, not just their contemporaries, but their successors and what they did because the bar had been raised. It's like, okay, If they're doing this, then we need to do this. Like I said, when you got to TLC and crazy, sexy, cool, they had to raise their game. I can't help that. That had, that didn't have a little bit to do based on what it was that they were doing because they ate, they ate off that album for three and a half years before they put their second album out. Mm -hmm. So I need to compete with something with this. The same thing with X putting out that first album and then putting out that second album slightly a little bit into like I was influenced by what was on that album that came out right there. And to see that influence you have on your contemporaries and then also your successors. It's just like, this has to be a classic and it is because what's the, what is the reaction that you get from people when you hear these songs 30 years later? right um and it could be 20 years from now and it'd be 50 years later and what's the reaction that you get the same exact thing if not even more i would say brought on by time that reminds you of a time when you were so young and when the music did something for you it's that's classic material right there you know so that's why it's a certified classic That's why when now years from now, we're going to sit back and listen to these songs. And when we hear them on the old, old stations and whatever the listening medium's going to be at at that point in time,
3: that part uh, be, you
1: know, whatever it's going to be, who knows what's what it's going to be next. But (laughs) when you hear it, it's going to be nothing but good times and memories. And then you think about as well where music went from after that, particularly R&B music. It definitely made its mark. And there's not many albums we can say that had as big an impact in regards to what both their contemporaries and the successors did. So Certified Classic, without a shadow of a doubt, it's w- SWV, It's About Time, 30 years coming up. Make sure that y'all go listen to it if you haven't. As you heard, Brian Alexander Morgan himself, the man said he had some treats coming out right around Valentine's Day, some reimaginings, he said, of some of these classic songs. I just can't wait to hear it. I want to be at that listening party. As y'all said, if y'all hosting it, I'm definitely in the house.
3: I'll be you in the house. I don't, oh, care. I don't care
1: if I got to wash dishes oh, or help clean up I tables. I said it
3: out loud, so it's
1: going to happen. <laughs> oh, Sorry. it's happening me,
2: So get ready. You will, getting, uh, you will be getting a text.
1: I'll be, yeah. hey, listen, I'm Brian in, I'm is for a little
2: bit scared of me. And okay. So it's, okay. It's going to happen.
1: All right. Well, that's oh, yeah. good to know. That's see, good to know.
3: See, it, and Brian be like, oh, okay. But when Elise comes in, I'm good. You got it.
1: Man, so listen, it was great having y'all on here. Again, Naturally Elise and JR of the R&B Representers. I always want to give my guests a chance to go ahead and push their platforms while they're on here. So while we are here, please let the people know once again what your show is about, the shows that you are on, where they can find you, not only your shows on the web, social media, but then also yourselves as well in case people want to connect with y'all.
3: I'm going to let Naturally Elise tell it.
2: Oh, so. Oh. We are the R&B representatives and we have a show called catch that where we talk to people about different eras, artists, albums of past and current. Mm. And we just, we really dig deep into albums. Like we had Beacocks on the show and we went in. We, you said we talked for two hours, like two and a half, but, um, (laughs) and and every minute will be put out. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't do too much cutting in the editing process but um I, I want that organic feel yeah and um but yeah we do that show we we go in deep we talk to people like actually in the industry we talk to artists producers journalists mm-hmm. um we talk to other podcasts we talk to you we talk to podcasts nice Podcasts, 90s um uh, everything midnight r&b everybody mm-hmm. so we care about the music we're the only way we don't talk about anybody's politics and business is if it correlates to the music. If mm-hmm. it don't, we don't care about that. We, we are about the music. Yes. Um. You know, if it don't affect the music, we don't, we really don't. Care. So we just really go in. It's been really fun. We've made really great connections with, with people in the industry that respect what we're doing because we just want to talk about the music. We research, we take notes, like, mm-hmm. We'd be in the video showing showing our paper like no I really wrote this down. <laughs>
4: like yeah.
2: this is what we do. It's 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 fun, it's a passion, it's something we love. Yeah. yeah. Um and then the amazing amazing show, which is me and JR's actually favorite show, is our catch that menu. And yes. we talk to just music fans about a favorite song. It's one of their favorite songs. And we just go in about one song. There's something beautiful about just going into one
4: song. Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, we learn about people. We learn new. Sh- we learn new shit about songs that we never knew. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just really dope. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do that. We have a radio show. All this you can um, access at com. Everything is just right there. You can go there, grab a t-shirt, listen to any of our shows, take you to our YouTube. Everything. And, yeah, we. Like we love it, and that's what's important. Yeah. Like, we're about the love first.
4: Yeah, yeah, y'all are. That was,
1: was
3: awesome.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, you likes it, my DJR. Oh,
3: see, 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 see. She couldn't just take it and say, "Oh, thanks." Right? Go ahead, B. Have we met? Oh yes. <laughs>
1: Hey man, make sure y'all go check them out, man. They're uh, have a great platform. Um, they do a great show. The music they discuss everything from Stevie Wonder to Marvin Gaye to oh, goodness, D'Angelo to one of my favorites, Adriana Evans, who we talked about during the Maxwell ah, show as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's how far they deep they dig deep into this, y'all. If you are a lover of the genre, go check out their platform. And hit them up on social media too. They're very active on social media. Uh JR, I feel like I don't know when you're not on social media or Twitter. You are on there like like it's your job, boy. Like you, my yeah, man yeah, is on there. That's my job. He oh, is. Yeah. <laughs>
2: he's no, he's our social media manager. He yeah. like if you see an RB rep post. 95% of the time, that is JR. Got
4: it's it. me,
1: God. It, it.
2: it ain't the kid. Now, you, see, I will retweet it yeah. and I will send it to the right people.
4: But however,
2: <laughs> that is not my ministry. I as our girl you. Mika said, it's not my ministry. There you but um,
4: <laughs> <laughs> but he's, you. he's
2: a beast at it. He keeps us out there, keeps yeah. us relevant. And I love him and respect him for doing that because I cannot.
3: And likewise with her. I can't edit videos. I can't do any of that. <laughs> I suck with computers as it is. I just before we got on here, I was at work and I was like, Elise, this laptop is pissing me off. Like I can't. So when
2: it comes to the editing and the things like that, that's yeah. her. The and highest, I mean, yes. like ourselves. So I'm a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. So naturally.com is my graphic design and mm-hmm. my uh speaking um. Engagement things. If you wanna connect about some design or event photography, y'all as well. Okay.
3: All
1: right.
2: Yeah.
3: There it is. Yeah, and I'm just Jr. World of Soul. Y'all yep. know I R. do R. the current army Soul. bangers. You know, uh, I t- I have a new thing that I do, Flashback Fridays, where I talk about artists that. A lot of people don't talk about, mm-hmm. so the past two episodes I've done, I've done uh, Eddie Kendris. I did one on him, mm-hmm. and my next one, I'm going to do one on Tyrone Davis, so I definitely want mm-hmm. you guys to definitely check that out. A lot of people don't talk about these artists, and I feel like they had a impact in the industry, and I'm like, their music, <laughs> a lot of people are sampling them and don't mm-hmm. know it and all this, so... I kind of talk about that, so just check me out at JR's World of Soul, but you can find everything on R&B Reps, and you can connect to all of us, really.
2: Can I say one more thing? (laughs) I just want to tell JR, he know who to send that Tyro Davis video to. That's oh, yes. Okay, gotcha. Got okay, sorry. Inside yes. joke, will tell you about it a little later.
1: Yes. <laughs> hey, they are two of a kind, naturally Elise and JR oh. of R&B Representers. Make sure y'all go check them out. Y'all, thank y'all so much for joining us for this SWV review. And this ain't it. Y'all not done with me. Y'all about to be back on here again. As I said, we have oh. a massive next couple of years coming up and I will be in touch. So y'all make sure y'all stay close. Don't go anywhere. Make yourself comfortable.
2: You better call me on
1: that.
2: (laughs) I'll fight you. I'll fight you. Oh, no, no need
1: to do that. No need to do that. Trust me. I'm a man of my word. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it. (laughs) Man, that was fun. SWV's It's About Time. Turning 30 years old, Big, big shout out to my sister, Elise, and to my brother, JR, of the r representatives. Again, reach them on rbreps.com, their website. You can reach out to them on social media as well. Make sure you're checking them out on Catch That. Follow their YouTube channel. Make sure you're catching all the content they're putting out there. I'm telling y'all that my bro and sis put it down. And always, a thanks to them and also thanks to Mr. Brian Alexander Morgan, producing legend and extraordinary songwriter as well for coming on and spending a little bit of time with us to talk about the album and the production on the album and songwriting and also letting us know what he's got up his sleeve, possibly for sometime next year to commemorate the album. So we're going to keep our eyes open for that and keep our ears open as well to see what he's got cooking up in the lab. So, Thanks to y'all for all of that. I can't wait to be able to have Elise and JR back on the show to talk about some more classic R&B coming up on The Vault. This was such a great time. It was such fun. Let's do it again sometime. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show. Check out our past episodes. Join our mailing list. Leave a review. Or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace.
0: Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.